Our God and Father in heaven, thank you for your powerful word. Uh, Thank you for the sword of the spirit, which is a part of the armor that you've given us that we could walk faithfully with you, that we could overcome sin and temptation, that we could be examples to those around us, and Father, that eventually we could be with you for all eternity. Bless our time together today. Open wide our hearts. Help us to hear you speaking to us that we could bring about the changes that we need to to see happen in our lives for your glory. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, beginning in verse 10, uh, Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And addition to all this, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, rather, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Then he goes on and say, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints and keep on praying for me. And so I want to go through this because from where I sit, I see too many Christians being taken out by Satan's schemes. And I want to remind you of some of the things that we have to do if indeed we're going to be faithful both in getting ourselves to heaven and helping other people get to heaven, which is what it's all about. Am I right? And so we need to think about uh, this this passage, which I think is so encouraging, and that we need to just apply it to our lives every day because whether you realize it or not, you are in the greatest battle you will ever be in in your life. And that's the battle for your soul. That is the, the, the battle to get to heaven. And so this is why Paul says here that we need to put on the full armor of God. Not just a part of the armor. Not just the armor on some days and not on other days. But put on the full armor of God every day so that you can be successful and live the life that God wants you to live. You know, when, when soldiers go to war, soldiers and Marines in the Iraq and, and in Afghanistan, they routinely carry between 60 and 100 pounds of gear. Uh, that, that's a lot to carry. But the reason they do it is so they can stay alive because they want to be ready when the enemy comes. They understand that they have to be prepared for battle or they could possibly lose their lives. 
I think in the same way, we need to be prepared for battle and make sure that we put on the full armor of God to save our souls, to make it through this battle each and every day. And I don't know what's going on here in Harlem, but I know up there where I am live, the devil is alive and well, and he's trying to take Christians out every day. That's what's happening in the region where I've been. And I would imagine that he's trying to do a job right here in Harlem as well and take disciples out and lead them astray. And here's something I want you to understand. I think everybody's got to understand this. Satan is after us. Satan is after all of this, all of us. You may think, look, nobody cares about me. Nobody knows my name. Let me tell you, the devil knows your name. And you are invaluable, obviously, to God. And God sent his son Jesus to die for you, which Rodney just talked about in the communion message. That's how much he loves us. But because the devil wants to hurt God, he goes after anything God loves. And because God loves you, Satan wants to hurt you. He wants to lead you astray because he knows that that, that will hurt God, that will disappoint God. And so we need to wake up this morning and realize that Satan is after everybody in this auditorium. And even more so for the people who didn't make it today. He's after us. He is relentless. You know, here, here's, here's a, a picture of the devil that I, I came up with here. Uh, it, it's, it, he's, a, he's a serpent. You know, and if, and if we had some serpents running in the aisles here, I, 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 didn't even wanna, I wouldn't even want to imagine how fast some of you would move. I mean, you'd be scattering left and right. Some of us, we can't even stand and look at the picture. A serpent. And that's what God describes him as. That's what we saw in the Garden of Eve, Eve Eden. When Eve approached the devil, he, he was in the form of a serpent. And that means that he's a schemer. And he's deceitful. And the thing you've got to understand is that he is after all of us, and he is relentless. The devil is relentless. He never gets tired. He never gives up. He went after Jesus, and the Bible says he left them until a more opportune time. And if he'll go after the Lord Jesus Christ, he will come after you, and he is after you. First Peter 5, Peter tells us, he says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He goes up and down the Harlem membership looking for the weak, looking for the independent, looking for the bitter, looking for the discouraged, looking for the disheartened, looking for the person who had a bad day, who decided to step back from their faith and not read their Bible that day and not pray that day. He is after you. And he wants you to go to hell because he knows that's where he's going to end up. In Revelation 12, verse 9, John tells us in his letter, he says, the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. It's not just him. As 
Paul talked about earlier. He says, but it's also the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He has angels. He has a whole team of, of deceivers and tempters that are working with him. And for some of you, your name is up on his board. And he's targeted you because he knows where you are spiritually today. The Bible goes on to say in Revelation 12, verse 12, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. He's angry. He's upset. And he wants to hurt God's kingdom. He wants to hurt God by leading you and I astray. And let me tell you, whenever you take a day off, the devil does not. He never takes a day off. And he wants so much to hurt us in our faith. And that's why we've got to put on the full armor of God and realize that no one is exempt. No matter how long you've been a Christian, no one's exempt. You know, April 26th, I celebrated my 42nd year in the faith. 42 years as a disciple. And I can tell you that after 40 years, the devil still does not give up on you. He doesn't just go, okay, yeah, you've been a Christian a long time, I give up. He's still after me. He's still after you. And if you don't think you can fall, remember Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man on the face of the earth. And there's no one in this room who's wiser than Solomon. And if Solomon can be taken out, you can be taken out. He took out Samson. Samson was the strongest man on the face of the earth. And there's no one in this room who's stronger than Samson. And if he can take Samson out, he can take you out. And then he led David astray, the man after God's own heart. The man who wrote all those beautiful psalms. Expressing his love and his trust in God. And he stayed on him and he just waited for a day when he was lazy and was not engaged. And he took advantage of that opportunity. And if he can take out Solomon, he can take out Samson, and he can lead David astray, he can lead you and I astray. He can lead you astray. So my encouragement to you, put on the full armor of God. You've got to leave your house every day ready to fight the good fight. Ready to do battle with, with the devil. And sometimes... You don't even get to leave the house. Sometimes the battle is inside your own house. And you still need to put on the spiritual armor in order to be faithful. So, Satan is after all of us. He was after Peter. You know, we, we all read the book of Job. And the Lord, Satan comes to, to the Lord and... and uh, and, and, and God just asked him, you know, well, what have you been doing? He says, look, you know, I've been, I've been roaming the earth. I'm, I'm looking for someone to lead astray. And he says, have you considered my servant Job? And he went after Job. I'm sure Job wished he could have been in that conversation and said, no, 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 just, just someone else. But later on, Peter tells Simon in Luke 22, Peter tells, tells, tells Peter, the Lord tells Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan is asked to sift you as wheat. Satan asked for Peter. Can I have him? 
And I believe he asked for you. Can I have her? Can I tempt her? And then Jesus went on to say to, to Simon Peter, but I, I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. That when you go through these trials and these temptations and these struggles, which are coming from the evil one, I just pray that your faith will not fail. And when you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. See, Jesus realizes that all of us can be tempted, just as Peter was tempted. And he went through a very difficult time. But praise God, he made it back. He made it back. And what I'm here to tell us today, the Christian life, it's a great life. But it's not easy. It's not easy. And I don't know about you, I'm not here to be religious because being religious is not going to get it done. It's just not enough to be religious. It's, not, it's just not enough just to come to church and just coast and, and just go through the motions. We've got to put on the full armor of God. We've got to get serious about this. There are too many people who've gone through the studies, repented, got baptized, and then at some point turned away from the Lord because they did not have on the full armor of God. This is serious. And you got to take your walk with God seriously. Because if you don't, let me tell you, the devil will. He wants to hurt this region. He wants to discourage the saints. He wants to destroy us. And so let's go through this list real quick. Put on the full armor of God. The first thing he says, the belt of truth. The belt of truth is vital in our spiritual armor. you got to love truth. And most importantly, you got to love truth. Knowing the truth about yourself. Love truth. Don't sit here living a double life. You know, Peter said in 1 Peter 2 verse 1, Rid yourselves of all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every, every kind. In too many fellowships, there are people calling themselves disciples but in private, they're living a whole nother life. They're claiming to be righteous. They're claiming to be pure. They're claiming to love God first. But, when you, when, but later on, it comes out that something else was going on in their, in, their, in their secret life, in their private life, because they did not live by truth. They did not get rid of all deceit. And here's the thing you've got to understand. God sees it all anyway. And so we need to deal with it. What did Jesus tell us in John 8? He says, to the Jews who had believed him, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples, then you will know the truth. And what will the truth do, church? The truth will set you free. Man, when I'm living by the truth, when I'm open and I'm honest, I'm free. I can go to bed at night with a clear conscience, ready to meet God, know that I'm okay. But when I'm not living by the truth, I'm living in guilt and secrecy, and it steals my joy. And therefore, I need to confess my sins and repent of my sins and put on the belt of truth. Some of us need to tighten our belt this morning because the belt is too loose. Tighten it up, you know, so, so that you can go out. And fight the good fight. You can't fight the good fight with your pants falling down. You got, you got to tighten, tighten up that belt. Do you love the truth? 
Are you all about the truth? And then he goes on and says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. And really the breastplate is what covers the vital organs. And so we must protect our vital spiritual organs. And the most vital is our heart. Making sure that our hearts are humble and pure and transparent and open. And that we still are convicted by the word of God. The proverb writer tells us, Solomon wrote this, he should have obeyed it. He said, above all else in Proverbs 4.23, guard what? Your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. What's going on in your heart? Are you protecting your heart? Are you in the word every day? Are you guarding your heart? Are you fleeing from gossip? Are you, are you saying, no, I'm not going to let that get into my heart? Is your heart tender? Is your heart open? Are you still convicted by the word of God? Or has your heart gotten hardened? The thing I worry about with older Christians is that the longer we're in the faith, the word sometimes no longer convicts us like it did when we were young Christians. And I need my heart to be convicted by the word of God because a hard heart is what Satan prays on. I pray, God, help my heart to be responsive to you, that I'm going to put on the breastplate of righteousness and guard my heart against becoming callous and bitter, a heart that, that no longer responds to discipleship, a heart that no longer responds to admonishment or rebuke. I don't want that to be my heart. I want my heart to be moved when I'm challenged. Because I want to give glory to God. I want to make it to heaven. So we've got to put on that breastplate of righteousness. How are you doing with that? What is the condition of your heart this morning? As we take a spiritual x-ray and look beyond the surface, what's the condition of your heart? You know, nobody can come to Jesus without a humble heart. I know a lot of us, we're trying to, and Cynthia and I were talking about this this morning about our families and wanting them so much to come to the Lord. And God has provided so many opportunities for so many of them. But one thing we cannot do is give them an open heart. We just can't do that. And we pray that at some point that their hearts will respond. All we can do is pray for them and do the best we can to tell them the truth and sometimes we wonder, even you know, religious people, being religious, as I said before, is not enough. Your heart has to be tender. Jesus even said that if, we, if you do not have the heart of a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Where is your heart this morning? Make sure that you put on the breastplate of righteousness. And then he goes on, he says, and, 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 and put on... The shoes of readiness to proclaim the, the gospel. It says, have your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You see, you don't go into a battle with no shoes on. You don't even walk the streets of Harlem with no shoes on if you're in your right mind. And, and really what he's saying is, as disciples, we need to be ready to make the most 
of opportunities that God gives us to preach the gospel, to share the word of God. I'm here. You're here because somebody had their feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Somebody was ready when the opportunity came to share with you. And I know for me, the person who reached out to me, I was not his target. My roommate was. But I just happened to be there, but his feet were fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And so he invited me. And God knows I'm thankful that he did because it changed my life forever. Do we still have our shoes of evangelism on? You know, I want to encourage you this morning, put your shoes back on and start sharing your faith again. You know, have you seen many people going out into the waters of baptism in this region this year? Why not? Oh, people in Harlem aren't open to the gospel? There's everybody saved? Everybody has a relationship with God? No one needs the gospel? I don't think that's the case. I think the problem is, a lot of us, we've stopped sharing our faith. Hebrews, I mean Philemon 6. Philemon says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Now this is a scripture that many of us know. We, we, we memorize, we used to love this scripture. You see, when you're moving, when you're sharing the good news, it's harder for Satan to nail you down. He has a hard time hitting the moving object. And when you're sharing what God has done for you, you appreciate it more. When you open the Bible with someone and you see that they're they're lost and you remember, that used to be me, it makes you appreciate your salvation more. Man, where would I be if I wasn't a Christian? I'm so thankful to be saved. And I believe that the whole world, anybody who does not have Jesus is lost. I don't care what kind of car they drive or what kind of apartment they live in. If they don't know God, they're lost. And I'm better off than them. I'd rather rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to live in a mansion. That's where I'd rather be. And so what are we going to do? about the people out there who are lost. Do we still have our our feet fitted with the gospel of peace? When's the last time you shared your faith with someone? When's the last time you opened the Bible with someone? Has it even happened in 2017? What are we doing? Are we engaged in the battle? Satan is winning. He's leading the world astray. The only hope they have is for us to share the gospel with them. I mean, where would I be if that brother had not shared with me that day? Where would you be if someone hadn't reached out to you? And some of us, we were met cold turkey by strangers, people we'd never known before. That's the grace of God. Harlem used to be known for its evangelism. Radical evangelism. Have those days gone by? Have y'all gotten old now? Old and religious? Is that what's going on? Are we still in love with God 
and we see the lostness of a world without God. I really want you to think about that and meditate on that. And, and, and get your, put, your, put your spiritual walking shoes back on. You know, some of us, we were so radical that we shared with people everywhere we went. Laundromat, train, bus. I mean, just stopping people in the street. Man, you, 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 you got to come see what I found. I mean, is, is the church no longer awesome anymore? Is, is, is the gospel no longer the salvation of the world anymore? What are you going to do differently this week? What are you going to do differently? See, sometimes we say, well, the church needs this, the church needs that. We are the church. We have to start with ourselves. Then he goes on, he says, put on the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Satan constantly attacks our faith. And you got to put your shield up because he's going to sling his arrows at you. You know, he's going to throw the, the arrows of disappointment at you. You know, I remember just a little while ago talking to a sister whose boyfriend has just broken up with her. And there we were in the fellowship, and, and I saw her, and she was crying, and I was like, are you Okay. And she says, no, I'm not. You know, things are not going too well with me and my boy. And, and these, are, these are young people. I mean, they're 20-something years old. You know, you're not going to die if you lose your boyfriend or girlfriend in your 20s. There's still other opportunities, all right? If you're 70, then, yeah, maybe you got a reason to cry. But if, if you're 20, there's still hope for the future. But you know what? She got so discouraged, so disheartened that he broke up with her one week and she left the Lord the next week. Never to be seen again. And see, that's, that's how Satan works. He says, well, this, this church is not meeting my needs. You know, everybody else is, is being blessed, but I'm not, which is not true. And I didn't become a Christian to get a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Nobody promised me that. You know, I, I, I did this because I love Jesus and because I want to go to heaven. And a boyfriend or a girlfriend, if you're not happy without one, you won't be happy when you get one. And there is no man or woman that's worth going to hell for. There is no relationship that's worth pursuing above your relationship with God. And so what we've got to say... In the middle of the, am I right, church? What we've got to say in the middle of these disappointments is get behind me, Satan. Because if you're in the kingdom long enough, you're going to be disappointed. And not only are you going to be disappointed, you're going to be discouraged at times. Sometimes you try hard, you work hard, you do the best you can do, and still things don't work out the way you hope. Am I right? Sometimes you do everything right, and then some other idiot does everything wrong, and they're connected with you. And you're like, Lord, how did this happen? 
Well, he didn't promise you that it would be easy. And sometimes that person is in your life to test you so that your faith can grow deeper so you can trust in God more because no matter how hard it gets or how discouraged you get, you put up the shield of faith and you say, with me and God, I'm still a majority. If God is for me, help me out, church. Who can be against me? Where's your faith? If we, can, we just have faith when things are easy, that's not faith. You got to put up the shield of faith when you're facing difficulty. And sometimes in this Christian life, it gets hard. Sometimes we get knocked down, don't we? Sometimes we don't even do the good that we know we ought to do. And we find ourselves in a bad place. That's when you have to put up the shield of faith. So I'm going to put my trust back in God. I'm going to put my hope in God. I'm going to lean on God because God is always faithful. He always comes through. You know, the church is filled with human beings, flawed human beings who disappoint you sometimes, who even hurt you sometimes, who even desert you at sometimes. Well, Paul said at my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. Then he wanted to say, may it not be held against them. He says, but the Lord stood at my side. The Lord was with me. The Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the gospel might be proclaimed. He always went back to the Lord. And that's where we've got to go. If you're here and your faith is in anything other than the Lord himself, Satan's going to find a way to take you out. He's going to get in there and lead you astray. Remember, we are Christians. It's about Christ. It's about Jesus. Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It's all about faith. You go back and read Hebrews 11. And it talks about what they all did by faith. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Moses. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Joshua. By faith, Jacob. By faith, faith, Joseph. It's all by faith. We live not by sight, but by faith. How strong is your shield of faith? It's going to be tested. And then he goes on, he says, and put on the helmet of salvation. We need to be confident that we're saved. And how can you know that you're saved? When you're living by the word of God, don't let Satan get in your head and get you thinking, you know what? I don't know if I'm really saved. I don't really know if I ever was saved. I don't know if anybody's saved. Can you really know if you're saved or not? Paul says, I know whom I've believed. I know whom whom I've believed and I'm confident that he's going to take care of what I've given him until that day. See, today, I know I'm saved, not because of my righteousness, but because Jesus is watching over me. Because Jesus is Lord of my life. Because I'm depending on the righteousness of Jesus. And when I stand before God on that day, it is going to be Jesus who steps in front and says, Lord, he's okay. Because on my own merit, there's no way I can make it. And so, in my mind, 
My salvation is dependent on the grace of God and the blood of Jesus. And as long as I'm walking with Jesus, I know I'm saved. When I go to bed at night, I go with a clear conscience because I know I'm saved. When I wake up in the morning, I'm thankful that my eyes open. But if I didn't wake up, I'm not scared because I know I'm saved. I'm saved because I'm living by the word of God. You know, the last funeral I did was June 10th. And these are always times when people think about whether they're really saved or not. And the funeral was a brother named Andrew Irvin. And Andrew suddenly had a heart attack and died. He was 40 years old. June 10th. We had his funeral. Married three kids, four kids. Tough, challenging. One of the difficult times. But you know what? He was a faithful disciple of Jesus. Big, healthy-looking guy. And we couldn't even understand, how does that happen? Here's the thing. You don't know when. It's going to happen. And you don't even know what you're going to die from. You, you can go out there and, 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 and choke on a chicken bone th- th- this, this afternoon. The way some of us eat wouldn't sh- surprise me at all. I mean, and you, you, can, you can be taking all your medications and still just, boom, you're gone. And let me ask you something. Are you ready? Are you ready? If today is your last day, are you ready? See, you're ready if you have on the helmet of salvation. If you know you've done what you, what, what you, you need to do in order to continue to be right with God. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, he says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it and how from infancy you've known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. One thing I really appreciate about this church is that we go by the word of God and you're not saved by your feelings. You're not saved because you said some prayer that's not even in the Bible. You're not saved because oh your whole family is saved. We're saved because we are, we're living by the scriptures, as Paul told Timothy, because you know the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation. We're going to hold to the word of God. I know I'm saved because I know I'm living by the word of God. What about you? Are you putting on the helmet of salvation? And finally, he says, put on the sword of the spirit. There really is two things here. He said, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Let me ask you as we begin to wrap this up. Are you reading your Bible every day? If you are judged just by the consistency of reading your Bible every day, would you make it? These last seven days, how much time did you spend in the Word and in prayer? Are you using the weapon of the word to fight temptation? That's what Jesus did, 
when Satan tempted him, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He knew the word. We can't overcome Satan without the word of God. You know, there used to be a time when we brought our Bibles to, 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 to church, and when the preacher said something, you heard the pages turning. People were looking. We were Bereans. I'm not just going to go by what he has to say. I'm going to find out for myself. Some of us, we don't even bring a Bible to church anymore. I mean, you can't get to heaven on my coattails. You better know the Bible for yourself. When this devil is out there tempting you, you've got to know your scriptures. I've got to know my scriptures. You can't overcome temptation with some little book that you, you, you downloaded from Kindle. You better know the word of God, some little poem that you remember. Man, you better, the only way you can defeat, defeat the devil is with the word of God, the sword of the spirit. Do you know your Bible? Some people are even questioning what a person needs to be saved these days. There's only one way to be saved. There's only one salvation. You got to repent and be baptized. There's no other plan. There's no plan B. And we're going to be judged by what? The word of God. And are you using the sword? And I have to use it first on my own heart. Am I right, church? I mean, take the sword of the Spirit. And I'm, I, I don't have any problem with the digital Bible. The Bible is the Bible. But do you even have that? <laughs> have you even download? It's a free download, am I right? You can get it for free. You know, some of us this morning, we're just sitting here and we're not even checked. Is, is this brother, you better check me. You better check it out. You know, there were, there were a few years ago where a preacher took his whole church off to an island. And he said, I want all y'all to get in line and drink this Kool-Aid. And they all did it, for the most part. And they all died because he, it was poison. He, he was crazy. He lost his mind. I tell you what, I'm not following any man. I'm following the word of God. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid I'm dependent on the word of God. All right? And that's what you need to do. The sword of the spirit. And then finally, he says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Prayer is powerful. Prayer moves God. God moves mountains. Don't be too busy to pray. The devil doesn't want you to pray. That's why you get so busy. You get so distracted and you go, well, did I pray today? So you can pray anywhere, anytime. Even when you, you leave here and you face the temptation, you start praying. I mean, when your crazy husband is losing his mind, you start praying. When your wife is losing her mind, you start praying. When your children are driving you crazy, you start praying. When your good brothers and sisters are doing things, you don't even understand it. Like, what is wrong with her? You start praying for them. We, you, you get up in the morning praying, you, go to, you get on the train praying, you go to, when your crazy boss that lost his mind, don't even say anything. Just start moving your lips. What's wrong with you? I'm praying for you right now. I'm praying for you. You need prayer. We, we need to pray 
I mean, you're trying to be a disciple in Harlem. You're going to tell me you don't need prayer, even though most of you live in the Bronx. Wherever you live at, you need to, you need to pray. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer. Are we tapping into the power of prayer? The devil, he'll, he'll, he'll leave you alone. It's like, look at that. They're praying too much. He'll, he'll, cause he can easily find someone who's not. As we close out here, are you ready for battle? You know, we got six more months left in the year. No matter what's happened with your first six months, put them behind you. Put them behind you. And make these next six months awesome to God's glory. Put on the full armor of God. Put on the belt of, belt of truth. Put on the, 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 the shield of faith. Take up the, 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 the sword of the Spirit. Get out there and make these next six months the best six months of your spiritual life. And help somebody who's lost come to know Jesus. Can we do that, church? Can we be soldiers of Christ? Can we do our part to help advance the kingdom of God and to overcome the evil one? I believe we can. Let's pray together. Our God and Father in heaven, thank you for watching out for us, God. We want so much to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And we pray, God, that if we've not put on the full armor of God, that we would repent this morning. And that you, by your mercy and grace, would give us the strength to armor ourselves so that we can accomplish your will and give you glory. I pray for every disciple here this morning, God, that they would renew their conviction and get back into battle to help seek and save the lost and help build up your kingdom. I pray for everyone who is seeking you, who does not know you, the Father, that they would open their hearts to your word and allow you to bring about transformation. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you, God, for giving us the full armor that we could walk faithfully and give you glory and accomplish your will. Strengthen us. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much.